Welcome to Hip Hop History. This week, we are going to get into a legend's history with beef. We talk about Ice Cube's beef history, from no Vaseline to actual physical violence. Outside of the beefs in the street and the well-known real beef with the police in California and all over the nation, the next beef Cube would get enthralled in would be with his former group mates of NWA. In 1989, Ice Cube would leave the group because of unpaid royalties and other monetary disagreements with Jerry Heller and Easy e the two owners of the label Ruthless Records. The rift may have been left at just a business decision, but N.W.A. would go on to bring it up in their album 100 Miles and Running and Inward for Life. With the track Message to B.A. in which they would call Cube Benedict Arnold as well as an Ice-T wannabe, Ice Cube then with what is known as one of the best diss tracks of all time, No Vaseline is from Cube's second album Death Certificate, a direct shot at the members of N.W.A. and the manager Jerry Heller. Ice Cube addresses Easy e and Heller with harsh words, criticizing Easy's decision to Align himself with Heller. And accusing both Easy E and Heller of unfairly exploiting the rest of the group. You little maggot, Easy E turned fag with your manager, fella. Ice Cube also refers to his decision to leave Ruthless Records in a lyric. Cube also references Easy's appearance at the lunch benefiting the Republican senatorial inner circle hosted by then President George H.W. Bush, repeatedly saying, I never have dinner with the president. I never have dinner with the president. I never have dinner with the president. NWA never responded directly to the song as a group, though not long after the release, Dr. Dre left the group, citing lack of monetary compensation. This led to the end of NWA as a group, and the members went on to start their solo careers. Dr. Dre and his protege, Snoop Dogg, later dissed Easy E in a song Fuck With Dre Day and taking shots at Heller in the video, prompting Easy E to respond with real motherfucking G's. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg went back and forth taking shots at Ice Cube in Fuck With Dre Day with lyrics. Dr. Dre also took another shot at Ice Cube with the single Nothing But A G Thing with the lyrics. Ice Cube at the time had his group, The Lynch Mob. When Easy E was close to death in 1995 from AIDS, according to an interview with Ice Cube, Cube and Dre visited Easy in the hospital. Cube stated that when he went to visit Easy, Dre came out and claimed that Easy was unconscious. Cube left the hospital without seeing Easy and told Dre to call him when he wakes up. Dre called Cube and told him that Easy did not make it. By the beginning of 2015, the group would release Straight Outta Compton, the biopic about NWA, with Dr. Dre and Ice Cube being executive producers along with Easy es widow Tomiko Woods-Wright and MC Ren and DJ Yella were creative consultants. Ice Cube's beef with Common started with Common's 1994 hit, I Used to Love Her, one of his most loved songs to this day. Songs seemingly reference Boys in the Hood. It questioned some of the qualities associated with West Coast hip-hop. Common has stated that he had opened up for Cube and NWA in the 80s and was a fan. Common would echo that point in his memoir, One Day It'll All Make Sense, saying, I guess Ice Cube heard my song different. Common since learned of Cube's retort at Westside Slaughterhouse, Mac 10's self-titled debut, I was in New York hanging out backstage at an alcoholic show when King T said, Yo, Com, you heard that Cube verse? He's talking about you. It really ain't that bad, though. And the way he said, it really ain't that bad, I knew it had to be precisely that bad. Thank you for listening to this episode. Now please listen to this short ad. Thank you. Thank you for listening to that ad. Now back to the show. 
used to love her, mad cause we fucked her, pussy with bitch, with no common sense, hip hop started in the west, ice cube belling through the east without a vest. No, common accepted the challenge, coming back with bitchin' you, the now Oscar award winning rapper rapped. Nerd to say you rob, hypocrite, I'm filling out your death certificate, slanging bean pies and say nines in the same sentence, to the repentant. By 1997, the Honorable Minister Farrakhan intervened and hosted a peace summit that would also include figures in hip hop such as the Dog Pound, Fat Joe, Snoop Dogg, and Bone Thugs and Harmony, as detailed by Nation of Islam members and rap artists who were present. However, the peace summit did not bring a complete end to both camps' beef with one another. That same year, Sprite launched a Voltron campaign with a commercial involving Common, Goody Mob, Fat Joe, and Cube's then Westside Connection bandmate, Mac 10. As confirmed by Common, somebody in his camp instigated a stare down with the Inglewood, California MC that escalated. Mac 10 said, You'll lose here, recalls Doug Infinite, a label mate of Common. Like maybe in Chicago you can do that. Mac 10's bodyguard stepped up, and the guy from Chicago called him Wack 10. And there was some pushing and shoving. As the legend has it, a Mac 10 associate went to the car and returned with a gun. Fat Joe intervened and squashed the moment. Doug Infinity recalls that despite the attempts to quell the situation by a terror squad, there was another incident that day. The guy from Chicago got kicked out of the Sprite commercial shoot and went outside and did some damage to Mac 10's car, adding that another fight ensued including one of Mac's associates looking for the responsible party while armed. And truly what history may consider the last straw in the common vs Ice Cube beef, the Shy City MC was forced to pay for the damages of Mac 10's automobile. That had to come out of Common's budget, Doug confirms, likely referring to Common's 1997 One Day It'll All Make Sense LP. This beef went from wax to real life in a short amount of time, from loaded guns and vandalized cars to misconstrued lyrics and full-on shots. Cybersill and Ice Cube were close. They recorded together and showed each other records they were working on before they were released. Cybersill gave Cube a record, Roll It Up, Light It Up, Smoke It Up, for Cube's movie Friday. According to Be Real and DJ Muggs, Ice Cube stole the hook of the song Friday, the theme song for the movie, from Throw Your Set in the Air. Cube was in Africa shooting a movie and was told by Mac 10 that Cypress Hill was dissing him on the radio. This ignited a feud between Cypress Hill and Cube's group, Westside Connection, which resulted in three diss tracks. No Rest for the Wicked on Cypress Hill 3, Temples of Boom, was the first record dissing Cube. This was a shot at Cube's song Wicked, a song supposedly stolen from King's Son in the Bronx. King of the Hill on Bow Down by Westside Connection was retaliation from Cube and Mac 10. WC purposely didn't get involved because of his connection with the group. Cypress Hill shoots again with Ice Cube Killer, taking the King of the Hill beat and using the sound alike of Cube to diss Cube. The two would go on to diss each other at shows, and many other West Coast artists started to pick sides. An artist named Solo would get into an altercation with Cube, stealing his chain and his Rolex. Be Real would go on to show off the chain at a show and take photos with it. This beef would escalate until some Latin gangs in LA said they would have Cypress Hill's back. Mac 10 would get Be Real's number and ask what it would take to squash the beef. Be Real set a phone call, and that's how this beef started from a stolen hook to records to fights in the street and to finally a ceasefire, ending it all as quickly as it had escalated. Next, these two West Coast legends were friends before they were enemies. 
Ice Cube introduced Tupac to John Singleton for the movie Poetic Justice. There was a disagreement between the two a few years later. Pac felt that Cube didn't ride for him while he was in jail, but then Cube released Bow Down and Pac felt that Cube was trying to take his power and his position in the game. The tension wouldn't really go much further because of the many beefs Pac had gotten himself into at that point in his career. The next one is a quick and simple beef that was squashed easily. Cube claimed that he wrote Friday by himself, when in fact, DJ Pooh and himself wrote it. And just like that, this one is over. The reason I mentioned this small beef instead of others that were seemingly as small or a little bit bigger is because of the transition that this provided to Cube's career. If not for this film, who knows if we have the art that was provided by Cube in the years after his first installment of the Friday series. The next beef started with a few comments made by Q's brother-in-law according to Mac-10. These disrespectful tirades left Mac with no other choice but to disassociate with Cube after requesting Cube to get his brother-in-law in order and Cube declining. Hopefully these two can put the disagreement behind them and make at least one more Westside Connection album before they all hang up the gloves for good. And since the last beef, Cube has had little to speak to other rappers about. Not that he is removed from the culture, but most of Cube's time is now spent as a businessman, a movie star, producer, and the owner of the Big Three Basketball League. Cube is one of the greatest come-up stories there are in hip-hop. From gangster rap pioneer, fighting with the government, and other artists, to a movie star owning a basketball league, Cube is a true inspiration and a light in the culture. May his next years be his best years, and provide inspiration for the next 30 plus years. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hip Hop History. Please like and subscribe on whatever service you're using and leave a review if possible. Thank you.